to Chicago earlier this year, I didn't know much about the city. So to try and get a handle on the place, I turned to my grandfather. He'd lived in and around Chicago for much of his youth, so I thought he'd have good advice on places to go and things to do. But many of the places he'd frequented in his younger years were no longer around. He did mention this place that Al Capone used to hang out, but <laughs> Al Capone died in the 40s, so I figured this place was long gone too. But a couple weeks later, while I was at a live jazz event, the announcer mentioned that the band regularly performed at a place called the Green Mill and it rang a bell. That was the place Al Capone went to. Then, over the next couple weeks, it kept coming up in conversation. A friend from college mentioned it in passing. And then, when I was telling Atlas Obscura host Dylan Thuris I had moved to Chicago, he said, you gotta go to this place, the Green Mill. I'm walking down the street, Broadway, um, in uptown Chicago, towards the Green Mill. Now that I'm closer, you can see the marquee fully. Big green and gold lights that spell out Green Mill. I'm Gabby Gladney, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we visit an internationally recognized jazz lounge with a bit of a checkered past. So, let's go on in. Stay with us. time I took a road trip. How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail, from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Usually it's a pretty popular street. It's pretty empty right now, though, because it's Sunday night. But it's very artist-friendly. It's interesting because it mixes with the old-school architecture in very eclectic kind of way. It's a cold Sunday evening on the north side of Chicago. I approach the Green Mill. There's a line starting to form on the outside. The rest of the street's empty, but there's a line. So let's go on in. Inside, it's packed. The booths are full, but I find an open chair near the back. I have a good view of the bar, which is really the focal point of the Green Mill. It curves into a large arc with a dark marble countertop and a mirrored black splash. 
It's exactly like it looked back in the 1920s. An employee quiets the room. There you go. That's how it should sound while the band is playing. Okay. This is the title. Midnight Special. The band tonight is called Soul Message. They're a Chicago-based jazz group that routinely plays the lounge on Sundays. As the music picks up, couples around me start migrating to a makeshift dance floor, a small space between the bar and the back tables. Their dancing is infectious. I couldn't help but feel as though I should be joining in. Instead, I wander over to the bar and swat a sign that reads, Al Capone drink here often. Outside of its musical offerings, the Green Mill is most known for its connection to the notorious Chicago gangster. One of Capone's known associates was a part owner of the Green Mill during Prohibition. It's even rumored that the tunnels underneath the lounge were used to smuggle liquor during Prohibition days. As the music washes over me, I close my eyes and try to imagine what a 1920s speakeasy would really be like. Flapper dresses, jazz music, tapestry paintings, the works. And when I open my eyes, it doesn't feel so different. Being at the Green Mill feels like stepping back in time. It's, it's honestly magical. That's Frank Krizak. Professionally, he's the coordinator of economic development for the city of Chicago. But more than that, he's a history enthusiast and a lifelong resident of the city. I found Frank through his blog called The Chicago Flaneur, where he details the history of different Chicago neighborhoods and architecture. The Green Mill is one of his favorite spots in the city. I go to the Green Mill all the time just because that authentic atmosphere, um, it's almost romantic. It's definitely romantic. He's been going for close to a decade. He even celebrated his 21st birthday there. I remember dressing up like in a suit that was probably too big because I think me and my friends were trying to, you know, pretend that we were gangsters in the 20s or whatever. It's just, it is what it is, right? We got a booth and dressed up and listened to jazz all night and I learned how to tip. (laughs) Frank's post about Uptown, the neighborhood that's home to the Green Mill, was his most comprehensive what makes the neighborhood so unique so, and the, the way, the makeup and all of that, what sets it apart from the other neighborhoods in Chicago? I think Uptown's fascinating too, just because I think it's somewhat of a, of a good example of like a neighborhood, especially on the north side of Chicago, that didn't really ever like gentrify completely. So it's got this really kind of fascinating mix Um, with just such a diverse area. The Green Mill first opened in 1907 under the name Pot Morris's Roadhouse, and it was known for having large, lush outdoor gardens. In 1910, it was reconfigured into the Green Mill Gardens. And as I mentioned, the most famous part of its history is the 1920s when the Green Mill was the prohibition hangout for Al Capone and his crowd. 
By the late 60s, the lounge had fallen on hard times. It was less of a spot for nightlife and more of a spot for hard drinkers and, according to some reports, a place where you'd find a lot of hard drugs. But in 1986, new ownership helped revive the space and bring music back to the forefront. Definitely the uh, current ownership of the uh, club really has everything to do with how successful it's been. I think the fact that the, um, the ownership of the club came from a jazz background and like operating other jazz clubs, I believe, um, is just really important. I think the reputation of the Green Mill is, is very highly regarded in terms of like actual touring jazz musicians. And it's true that the music is a big part of the Green Mill's success. But for Frank, the Green Mill is a special place because it captures something that is increasingly fleeting these days. I think, you know, the world each year gets more like homogenized and we're all on our phones and everything all the time. So I think when we have places like the Green Mill, for example, it is that like living history and it, it's like a, it's a place that can't be replicated. It just is so authentic. If you kind of come, come into it with the right mindset of just like, you're there to actually, you know, be around community and, and listen to some great jazz, then you'll have a wonderful time. And I think that's important for cities in general is to, um, to the best of our abilities, not lose sight or lose the things that make places special in the first place. By midnight, the band had finished their final set and the crowd had given a standing ovation. But no one was making a move for the door. It felt like no one wanted the night to be over. Couples still danced jazz recordings being played over the speaker. Groups were still wrapped in conversation. The atmosphere of the Green Mill just has a way of pulling you in and keeping you close. This episode is produced by me, Gabby Gladney. Special thanks to those at the Green Mill Cocktail Lounge, as well as the Soul Message Band, whose music can be heard throughout the episode. You can find them at soulmessageband.com. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes... Doug Baldinger. Chris Naka. Camille Stanley. Willis Ryder Arnold. Sarah Wyman. Manolo Morales. Baudelaire Seuss. Gianna Palmer. Tracy Samuelson. John Delore. Our technical director is... Casey Holford. And this episode was sound designed by... Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. See you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. 
The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. 